Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, November 6th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Thursday was another day of waiting for results from the U.S. election, with Joe Biden saying he had no doubt he'd be the next president. And the Federal Reserve and Bank of England took very different measures when it came to monetary policy yesterday. Plus, just days after Uber landed a victory in California, it reported so-so numbers in the most recent quarter. We'll take a look. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. As of Thursday night, Joe Biden was inching closer to a victory in the U.S. presidential election, while Donald Trump took to a White House podium to make baseless claims the election was being stolen from him. Our U.S. managing editor, Peter Spiegel, is with me to discuss what we know so far. Peter, what did you hear from Biden and from Trump last night? Well, we were really struck by Biden's language. You know, he hardened up a little. He says there was, quote, no doubt that he'd be the next president of the United States. Now he has, you know, tried not to declare victory, but that was pretty strong language when he took the stage in in Wilmington. We have no doubt that when the count is finished, Senator Harris and I will be declared the winners. So I ask everyone to stay calm, all the people to stay calm. The process is working. They're pretty confident in talking to their campaign officials that the mass is is on their side uh, in Pennsylvania. And I think you saw a pretty confident vice president up there trying to look presidential, trying to look statesmanlike because uh, he thinks he knows he's got it in the bag. And then you had Donald Trump, you know, in the, in the White House press room claiming fraud, claiming being cheated. So it was a an angry, bitter but also tired president who seems to have realized the gig is up. I mean, he almost admitted that he was going to lose in Georgia and, and, and Pennsylvania. So he clearly now feels that he's got to appeal to the courts. He's sort of scraping it at the bottom of the barrel here. And it was just a very different tone from what we heard from Vice President Biden. And Peter, what's the state of the election as we know it right now? We're watching the narrowing margins in a lot of these big states, particularly Pennsylvania. And right now, there seems to be everything moving one direction, which is towards Joe Biden. You know, look, if Pennsylvania goes to Biden, it's over. Um, that takes him over 270. Uh, he becomes the next president of the United States. Even if Trump were to pull it out somehow, and again, these, these votes are coming in hot and heavy from Philadelphia, um, where, which is a huge Democratic stronghold. 75, 80% for Biden, which is going to be enough if it keeps going in that direction for Biden to win. But even if we're to go to Trump, you know, there are still other states that Biden can pull together to become president, whereas Trump needs Pennsylvania. He cannot lose uh, Pennsylvania because if he does, Biden is now over 270, and that's the end of it. The Federal Reserve wrapped up its two-day meeting yesterday, and I really like how Bankrate.com's chief financial analyst, Greg McBride, put it, that the Fed's statement Thursday was largely a copy and paste from its September meeting. The FOMC said that it's keeping rates at rock bottom, and they'll stay there until the pandemic-hit economy reaches full employment with higher inflation. Chairman Jay Powell also made another pitch for a stimulus package from Congress and the White House as coronavirus infection rates ticked up. I just would say that I think we'll have a stronger recovery if we can just get at least some more fiscal support when it's appropriate, you know, when it's appropriate and the size Congress thinks it's appropriate. Meanwhile, the UK is throwing more monetary and fiscal stimulus into the mix as it enters a second coronavirus lockdown. Yesterday, Chancellor Rishi Sunak extended the government's furlough scheme until March. So 80 percent of wages will be subsidized throughout the winter for those unable to work. 
And our economics editor, Chris Giles, has more on a move by the Bank of England to increase its government bond purchases to try to boost spending in the economy. Chris, before we get into the actions by the BOE yesterday, what's the outlook for the UK economy? The UK economy is clearly going to go through another rough patch. Nearly all the forecasts coming out are that when you're shutting down hospitality again and public transport will be hit and there's stay-at-home orders from the government, certain parts of the economy will again take quite a pounding. Now, nothing like as bad as in April. I think that's the key point to get across. Between February and April, we saw the economy shut down by 25%. So a quarter of the economy basically disappeared in two months. This time round, the thinking is that it'll be much smaller than that at about sort of six or seven percent so that the Bank of England's new forecasts for the fourth quarter, they have a decline of two percent in gross domestic product. So the economy will have a double dip recession. It'll go down again two percent. But that's nothing like the 20 percent it went down in the second quarter. OK, and, and what did the BOE do on Thursday then? The action the bank took was to increase again the amount of quantitative easing that it intends to do. So QE, as people always call it by its abbreviation, QE is intended to keep interest rates low, borrowing costs low for companies, for households and for government. And the Bank of England was doing a total of £745 billion. It's extraordinary numbers and it's going to now do... £895 billion by the end of next year, by the end of 2021. So it means it's still pumping money into the economy. It's still creating money, buying government bonds. That makes it easier for government to borrow. It probably means the interest rates government particularly has to pay will stay very low. There won't be fear that suddenly the government will find it hard to borrow. And the government can then, in its own way, borrow more and spend more to try and keep the economy afloat. Chris Giles is the FT's economics editor. Uber's third quarter earnings didn't really wow investors. In fact, its shares were down about 2% in after-hours trading yesterday. The company missed expectations on revenues and earnings. It did, however, report some encouraging news. Its ride-sharing business, which had been badly hit by coronavirus lockdowns, recovered almost completely from the previous quarter's numbers. But to put it into perspective, bookings were still down by about half of what they were year-on-year. All of this in a week where Uber and its rival Lyft had a huge win for the gig economy in California and how to classify workers. With me now to explain how these companies might be able to remake U.S. labor laws is the FT's Dave Lee. He covers the gig economy. Dave... Tell me a little bit about this ballot measure in California, Proposition or Prop 22. So Prop 22 is a measure that the gig economy companies wrote, and it's designed to enshrine their wish to treat their workers as independent contractors uh, rather than employees. Um, And so that means rather than having to give them full employment benefits that would be required by state law, they now have this exemption, which means they can offer a limited number of benefits, such as um, some healthcare provisions and a minimum earnings guarantee, uh, without going the full hog and bringing these drivers on as employees, which Uber said would have been um, would would have required a huge, huge revamp of their business in the state. Yeah, in fact, 
Dave, uh, I remember Uber and Lyft threatened to shut down service in California because they just didn't know if they could they could handle this new expense. Um, but I, you know, I should mention this could have implications outside the borders of California. How are other states looking at Prop 22 and how it affects them? Well, Prop 22 was being looked at very, very closely in a number of states, uh, particularly in places like Massachusetts, which is looking at this closely in Washington state as well. There's been lots of discussions in Seattle about how to treat gig economy workers. It's going to be Uber's hope. Uh, and this is the reason why they put so much money into Prop 22. It's their hope that now they've passed this in California, they can go to other states and say, look, this is what we've come up with in our most important market. So why don't you do the same? In fact, uh, talking to investors on Thursday, Dara Kosashahi, Uber's CEO, uh, he put it like this. He said, this important question has now been settled in the most popular state in the country. And so what he's saying is, of course, you know, if, if this can be suitable for California, California, then it should be suitable everywhere else. Whether they're going to be successful in that is going to require individual negotiations uh, in many states across the US. Dave Lee is our San Francisco correspondent. He covers the gig economy. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Mark. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. We had help from Gavin Kalman, Michael Bruning, and Amy Keane. Our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business... To a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.